Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Deconstructing Disney here on the Comments and Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the making, origin, and lasting impact of Disney films. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. And this week, we'll be taking a deep dive into the 22nd uh, Disney animated feature film, uh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is an American animated musical anthology comedy film produced by Walt Disney Studios and distributed by Buena Vista. Um, it was released, it was March 11, 1977. It's 74 minutes long. It was directed by John Lozenberry, Wolfgang Redemann, um, story by Laren Clemens and crew, based on Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Millen, um, starring Sterling Holloway, John Fielder, Judas Matthews, Paul Winchell, Howard Morris, Bruce Redemann, John Walmsley, Timothy Turner, and music by Buddy Baker. Uh, this... Um, its characters have spawned a franchise of various sequels and television programs, including clothing, books, toys, and an attraction of the same name at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Hong Kong Disneyland, in addition to Pooh's Honey Hunt and Tokyo Disneyland. Ladies, is this your first time watching the 1977 version of Winnie the Pooh? For me, it is. Yes. Um, I've you? seen this book for a couple of times. When I was like a really, really young child, though, and I and then I think there was like a cartoon of it on Disney Channel or something. Mm-hmm. And what about you, yeah. Mia? Yeah, I I literally grew up with this movie. I it, when I was watching this, I forgot like certain songs were like ingrained in my memory. Um, but I don't. It was really strange. I must have been very small, like toddler mm-hmm. age, because I don't remember it. But it's like a vague memory. What about you, Tori? I remember a lot of the other Winnie the Pooh movies, like the Heffalumps movie, the Piglet movie, the Tigger movie. Eeyore didn't get his own movie, did he? Um, I remember like a little bit of the TV shows. I don't remember this version. I think it came out way before I was born, and it just wasn't something we popped on the television. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we this is going to be a very quick, <laughs> very quick um recap of what happened because as i said earlier this is an anthology it's not a movie with a plot from beginning to end um so it just kind of starts out introducing us christopher robin and where he plays in the hundred acre woods with his friends and the first story is all about Pooh trying to get this honey from these bees um you know being the menace he is i didn't realize when Pooh was a menace like <laughs> it's giving bad neighbor um, but he tries to, you know, rob the honey from these bees, and the bees aren't taking it. And then we get to meet other characters of the Hundred Acre Woods as, you know, well, because Pooh didn't uh, succeed in getting his honey from the honey tree, he goes to Rabbit's house, where Rabbit, who I guess doesn't have the gumshoe to tell Pooh to get the fuck out, um, lets Pooh in, and the man eats all of his honey. And then because he ate all his honey, he gets stuck in Rabbit's door. And so they have to wait like uh, th- like a week as this bear starves <laughs> to push him out of the hole. Because the beaver who was trying to get him out insists on blowing it up, but, you know, can't do that to Rabbit's house. They finally get Pooh out, and that's where we get to meet other characters, including Piglet and Owl and Tigger for the first time. And in this, the beginning of this sequence, Tigger tells um, Pooh about the Heffalumps 
and the other scary things. What was the other? No, no. The Heffalumps and the Woozles. Um, if you haven't seen the Heffalumps movie, the Heffalumps are elephants. <laughs> Which is just hilarious to me. But so he has another trippy ass dream. Here comes Disney again with his, you know, very colorful, most likely drug induced sequences. Um, and then it's floods. And so Piglet sends a message in a bottle for somebody to help him, you know, in this flood. Christopher Robin and the gang go find him. And Pooh unintentionally saves them as they're falling down a waterfall. And so Pooh gets a hero's dinner. And then um eeyore trying to be helpful gives al a new house which is piglet's old house and though Pooh is like hey your best friend tell them that's your house they can't steal your house but piglet's like no it's okay it's not my house anymore and so piglet and Pooh end up living together um and then we get a sequence about tigger bouncing too much and rabbit says you know what we should do we should let this man get lost in the forest so he doesn't bounce anymore <laughs> which is like for an animated children's show, y'all are a little vicious. <laughs> it's just, it's just my thinking process. And so there's this whole thing about them getting lost in the mist, and Tigger finding them. And then the last sequence is about Tigger and Rue playing, and then Tigger trying to find out what Tigger's do best because he's T I double T R. And um, the wonderful thing about Tigger's is that I'm the only one. And um, he gets stuck in a tree, and Rabbit's like, "Oh, good, he can stay stuck in a tree." <laughs> and then Tigger's like, "You know, if I get down from this tree, I won't bounce again." And so Rabbit's like, "You promise, no more bouncing." And everybody's like, "But we like the old Tigger." And so Tigger goes back to bouncing. He gets Rabbit to bounce, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're correct. Uh, nope, that's kind of all that happened. <laughs> This is the definition of made for children. Um, yep. Multiple stories in a long span of time. Um, this is the, the the movie you put on and then get on your phone so your kids won't bother you. But they want to watch the movie with you so you have to sit by them. <laughs> Very That's true. what this film is giving. <laughs> uh, so yes. Reactions to the end of the film? <laughs> Merit? <laughs> I mean, it was my first time watching it, and I thought mm. Pooh was so cute. I don't yeah. know who the voice actor was, but he was really selling it to me. As a child, I would have been like, I want a Winnie the Pooh bear. That's Sterling Holloway. Oh, my God. It was so adorable. When he was staring, he'd be like, think, think, think. I was sitting out <laughs> I probably look like an idiot now because I find this bear so adorable. I'm smiling like an idiot. Mm. But other than that, I'm glad the film was as short as it was. I don't know if I would have been able to stand like even 15 minutes more no <laughs> oh, right right um reactions Corey? not gonna lie this was highly entertaining for some reason i don't <laughs> know what it was about the movie but i was just like this is so i don't know something about it was just funny mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, his little song in the beginning though i thought that, that that went pretty hard like he was like when i do exercise <laughs> i get a bigger appetite i was like oh shit that's a bar <laughs> He was like, he was like, I'm round and short, and I like it that way. No, he said, I'm fat and I'm short. I like. I said, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, King. Okay. And, the, and the fact that like he just wanted to eat the whole time, he just wanted to eat. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought this movie was very entertaining. Like, I don't know why it was just extremely entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Nia. 
Um, I wasn't as enjoy, like I didn't enjoy it as much, but like the nostalgia part of me felt like a warm and fuzzy feeling watching this. Cause I was like, Oh, I kind of vaguely remember this. Oh, this is cute. I like, I genuinely felt like if I was five again, I would have had the time of my life would have been like 10 out of 10 love to see it. I mean, it was still fun. It was cute. But like as an adult, I would never touch this movie again. But as a child, I'm like, as a, this is a perfect kids movie. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Tori? Um, education school has ruined me. So there's really a time where I could watch a kids movie and not pick out small things. Um, there, there were a little. Also, we'll have to talk about the Polar Express in a minute because that also too had just children in danger all the time. There was just a lot of danger going around, and I was like, this is like a really interesting depict. Like, if this was a sitcom, this would be a sitcom about like neighbors in an apartment building, and you know, like, and it gives you all of those characters of like the annoying, loud neighbor, the neighbor who's always ordering food, the <laughs> the neighbor who's depressed and never comes out of their house, things like that. And so I thought it was like really interesting in like that more adult perspective. But um, I had a Tigger phase when I was younger, mm-hmm. like like in middle school. Like Tigger was my mascot. I feel like everybody has their mascot like during. Um, like middle school high school girls our age used to love winnie the pooh it was either winnie the pooh or tweety bird yeah like, when i was a child like literally my nickname was pooh and i had like a bunch of winnie the pooh stuff like, when yeah. i'm like, a really small child though yeah like my aunt hers was mickey mouse mine's was ticker one of my cousins was tweety bird um i still like ticker but i think i'm more of a rue fan now rue's cute and it took me forever to realize that the mama was Kanga and the baby was Rue. So together they're Kanga Rue. Mm. Eeyore makes me feel seen on a deep level um, as an adult who is now over the age of 18. Um, <laughs> I feel I like Squidward and Eeyore sit at the same table. And then they you, do. you get older and you realize, oh, they're just around people that. That just that, that just don't make them. They're just around annoying people, but not annoying people in a bad way. Well, SpongeBob's very annoying. Patrick <laughs> and SpongeBob is neighbors. Just just let me move. Let me get a U-Haul today. Um, but no, like this. I think I did have a Winnie the Pooh doll, but I was. I think it was like I knew a lot of people who liked Elmo or like Big Bird, Sesame Street. But I really was a Barney kid. Barney was. Like I was my a Barney kid guy. too. I was a yeah. Barney and then. Got older and I think I moved. I don't know what I moved on to after that, but I was a big Barney kid. Like we had Barney everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Winnie the Pooh is one of those things where they become mascots of your childhood for a lot of people. And then I don't like remember a lot of the stories, but I know I watched a lot of it. If that makes sense, because I feel like it was a TV show, wasn't it? Yeah, I I swear I saw some kind of TV show like on like what's that? It was like Kid Disney. There was a name for it. Oh my god, Disney Clubhouse or something like yeah. that when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Playhouse Disney. Yeah, Playhouse that's what my head. I swear I saw my something dog, like dog, of, dog, of diggity dog. Yeah, yeah. I swear I saw some kind of Winnie the Pooh like TV show or something like that. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump into interesting production facts. Um, of course, we have a mental floss article by it wasn't Stacy this time. Who wrote this article? We have another mental floss colleague whose name is Christy Puchko. 
also IMDb and Wikipedia. Um, the minute Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was the last film in the Disney canon in which Walt Disney had personal involvement. Since one of the shorts, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, was released during his lifetime and he was involved in the production of Blustery Day. Um, the book is originally by A.A. Milan and the illustrator E.H. Shepard ambushed Milne. Milne? Milne. For a job of drawing Pooh, Shepard and Milne shared a mutual colleague and English humorist, Evie Lucas, who believed that the former could be perfect for the tricky task of bringing Milne's fantasy to life in delicate drawings. Shepard wandered Ashton Forest, the inspiration of Milne's mythical woods, and created a portfolio of sketches. Then he turned up unannounced at Milne's home, where he handed over his portfolio to Milne and won his approval. I would not have answered the fucking door, but that is just me. <laughs> um, in World War One, he served in the Royal Warwickshire Regiment before being conscripted to the military intelligence as a propagandist. His experiences inspired Peace with Honor, um, which he denounced, which he denounced the war. So before he wrote Winnie the Pooh, Mullane was a soldier and a screenplay um, between a screenplay writer between 1903 and 1925. Mullane published 18 plays and three novels before Winnie the Pooh. Um, Winnie the Pooh is, I think this said one of the highest selling Latin books. Uh, Winnie the Pooh translated into Winnie le Pooh. I don't know. The 1960 release translated by Dr. Alexander Leonard stayed at the coveted list for 20 weeks and ultimately demanded 21 printings, selling 125,000 copies. Um, it's evident they said that um, Winnie the Pooh was the best thing that happened to the dying language of Latin, um, but it's also evidence of Pooh's popularity. The ventures of this honey-loving bear have been translated into more than 50 languages, including Afrikaans, Czech, Finnish, and Yiddish. Um, so, the child which the book is based on, which is A.A. Milne's son, he also became a writer, and like his father before him, um, he wrote memoirs of his own life, like The Enchanted Places, Beyond the World of Pooh, and The Hollow of the Hill. In these, he asserted, it seemed to me almost that my father had got where he was climbing, he was by climbing on my infant shoulders, that he had flinched from me my good name, and left me nothing but empty fame. Ouch. Um, originally, for each individual short, Christopher Robin was voiced by a different actor in each one. For this film, however, John Walmsley re-recorded the Christopher Robin's dialogue in The Honey Tree. Um, for consistency purposes, Paul Winchell used the voice of his ventriloquist dummy, Knucklehead Smith, to become the voice of Tigger. Tigger's trademark ho-ho-ho-ho laugh was ad-libbed by Paul. All while as his famous TTFN, Tata for now, which is a bar, <laughs> um, was suggested from his wife. Uh, for nearly 30 years before Walt began animating the bear, the American producer Stefan Slesinger acquired Pooh's merchandising rights for the US and Canada. So the red shirt that is now a Pooh's signature was drawn in 1992. 1932 for an RCA Victor picture record, but the 40s plush doll donning the red top were being produced. By the 40s, plush dolls donning the red top were being produced. When his widow, Shirley Slinkster Lostwell, licensed Pooh merchandise to Disney in 1961, the animator decided to keep the look. So the red shirt was not always a part of Pooh's look. 
Um, Walt Disney did, uh, Animation Studios. This is the first film to include a main, to not include a main antagonist since Dumbo. Um, scholars and philosophers have been pulling from Pooh for inspiration. I thought this was funny. So, an American author named Benjamin Hoff wrote the Towel of Pooh and Tea of Piglet to explain the principles of Chinese philosophical school of Taoism. Um, <laughs> another scholar named John Tyreman Williams responded with the long but self-explanatory title Pooh and the Philosophies, in which it is shown that all of Western philosophy is merely a primable to Winnie the Pooh and Pooh and the Psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> And then another English professor and author named Frederick Cruz penned The Pooh Perplex and Postmodern Pooh, which uh, satirized academic trends in case studies. Um, the character of the gopher, which does not appear in the Melanie books, was created because Disney wanted all-American character that could appeal to the children and also add an element of comedy, seeing as that the original characters were much more um, popular with a British audience. For the character Piglet, hand gestures and other movements were used by the animators to create expressiveness since um, he and Pooh had the appearance of dolls or stuffed animals with relatively simple button eyes. The scene where Rabbit deals with Pooh's rump being part of the decor of his home was not in the original book, but was reportedly contemplated by Disney when he first read the book. The first and only Winnie the Pooh film to be made by Walt Disney Animation Studios until Winnie the Pooh 2011 released 34 years later. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was interesting production facts. <laughs> Did anything stick out? There wasn't a lot of drama in this one. I feel like after Walt died, a lot of the drama subsided. <laughs> the, right the, the main issue was not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the drama? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's head over to music with Nia. Okay. Music time. Oh. So unsurprising, there was very little information on this. Like I, not that I was shocked because I guess it's because I know these songs. So I thought I'd be able to find more stuff on it, but there was not Mm -hmm. much. Um, So I got these from the Disney fandom wiki. Um, I got this from IMDb trivia section and the Wikipedia. Um, So there's 10 songs on the soundtrack. Um, It was released March 11, 1977 on Walt Disney Records. All the songs were written by Sherman Brothers, which um, Sherman Brothers have written several songs before. Like they wrote Mary Poppins songs. So they were they had Oscars under their belt. They were definitely household names in the Disney sector for during this time. Um, All the songs were performed by the actors, like Tori said before, Sterling Holloway, who played Pooh. Bruce Reederman, Christopher Robin. He's still alive, by the way. Like that, I feel like this is the first movie we've come across. Like this is weird, but this is just how my brain works. Like when mm-hmm. I look up the actors, I'm like, "Who are they alive?" I think he's the first one out of mm. all the movies we've done so far that is still living today. So yeah, and I think he was involved in a remake that happened recently. I could be wrong. I could need to go back and read his his IMDb, but um. Uh, Paul Winchell, who played Tigger, the Melomen, which was a popular string quartet that performed from the 40s to the 70s, and the Disney Studio Chorus that all did the songs. Um, Winnie the, Mo- the Winnie the Pooh is the most famous song, along with the wonder thing about Tiggers. Um, the Winnie the Pooh song, there's a few facts on that. It was, of course, written by the Sherman Brothers. Um, the song has been used in all 
Mer- Winnie the Pooh merchandise. Um, so commercials, ads, um, other versions of movies and TV shows, all the spinoffs, sequels, prequels. This song is going to be in any Winnie the Pooh media, even if it's not in the uh, chorus form, but like the melody itself. Um, and the song is actually older than this adaptation, which was very interesting. Um, mm. The melody is was featured in um, an animated feature of Pooh of in 1966 uh, titled Winnie the Pooh. Um that was fast, really interesting, but I believe the Sherman brothers put lyrics to it, but I could be wrong. But then again, I could not find like proper sources on their process for this. Like there is no background info that like was easily accessible. So this, I might have to dig further into like books if there's anybody's ever interviewed them about this. Um, and it's been used, like I said, in every poo film or series to date. Um, so there there's a fact about it but it didn't really make a lot of sense to me but oh the originally the song was heard in the honey tree called mind over matter had a full version which is was to um about helping poo uh think about getting thin again which i don't this fact was very strange to me um the full version of the song was heard on the soundtrack and story record album from disneyland records while in the final film it ended up using the heave ho part um so that was really the only fact I could find about like background info I didn't get anything about like whether it won any awards according to this or if it won an or is nominated for an Oscar or any sort of stats like that um yeah I feel like this is kind of a mystery um Mm. even more so than like the Bambi soundtrack and it's weird because people I feel like people know Winnie the Pooh's songs more than they would know some of the older ones so i just want to ask y'all have y'all heard these this any of the songs from this soundtrack like wonderful thing about tiggers or winnie the pooh in the world like just in media or in popular culture before not I in media not. <laughs> yeah i've only i've only heard it in association with winnie the pooh like if he was right. like in like i think i heard it briefly in kingdom hearts maybe in his world oh yeah the acre world but other than that like, wow, i totally it, forgot about that yeah he has a, a whole a whole uh storyline in kingdom Hearts. yeah he does but, um yeah if any any like just randomly out about in the world i haven't heard any of the songs which is a shame because yeah. like i said that first song was it was a bop <laughs> bangers <laughs> hit after hit um yeah so I feel like this is very much like you got to go deep into the Disney archives to get more information about it. And it's not quite easily accessible. Um, Yeah, that was all the music information I could find on this. Well, thank you, Nia. Um, Tigger's song is the one that sticks out the most to me. That's the one I remember the most. Um, But yes, let's move on to Origins with Marin. Okay, so from history.com, um, Winnie the Pooh is based off an actual bear, I guess, because there was a bear called Winnie at a Canadian zoo that um, Milne's son was really attached to, and that's how the name got changed from Edward to Winnie the Pooh. Um, and this Pooh, uh, well, this Pooh, this bear was so popular that... Um, was made even more popular by the Winnie the Pooh books that when she died, 
um, her death made news around the world, and Winnie was so notable that her skull was sent to the Royal College of Surgeons, where it was placed on display last year for the first time. Last year, as in 2015. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but that happened. Um, on smithsonianmagazine.com, so the bear was... Um, Winnie the Pooh was actually evolved out of Milne's, um like time in World War One. He was injured at the first Battle of Somme in 1916, and his time in the trench- trenches left him with PTSD. Following the war, he took his family from London to the country retreat of Crotchford Farm. Um, Milne and his only child, Christopher Robin, who also goes by the nickname Billy Moon, spent countless hours exploring the woodlands of Ashdown, Ashdown Forest, often accompanied by his son's stuffed animal collection, which I think were display in display at one time. Um, on Christmas Eve in 1925, in the London Evening News, A.A. A. Milne's short story, The Wrong Sort of Bees, gave readers the holiday gift of Winnie the Pooh, the newly renamed bear who is dragged down the stairs by Christopher Robin, Robin bumping his head all the way. The silly, slow-witted, but also lovable character succeeded in becoming a sensation. The story collection Winnie the Pooh Pooh was published in October 1926, introducing the character to a bigger global audience. It was a huge hit at home and abroad. The original English version sold 32,000 copies, while in the United States it sold 150,000 copies were sold by the end of the year. And in this article, it compared those numbers in 1926 to like the success of Harry Potter. I couldn't figure out to see how true that was. Um, but the books provided Billy Moon everything a boy could ever want, but also deprived him of simpler anonymous of the simpler anonymous childhood he'd known. He missed the times he and his father had spent exploring the woods. Um, the boy was thrust into a spotlight, making public appearances, doing readings and audio recordings, and being photographed again and again for all the fans wanting a piece of the real, real Christopher Robin. Milne seemed to grasp his role in exploiting exploiting his son. Later, writing that he felt amazement and disgust at his son's fame. In 1930, a producer named Stephen Schlesinger took Pooh off the page and brought the character to pop culture mass marketing. The American and Canadian licenses to Pooh were secured from Milne by Selsinger for $1,000 and later 66% of broadcast royalties. Oh, a thousand? How much <laughs> money did they... A thousand? $1,000 $1, in 1930. I don't know what that translates Let to. Me, I'm going to convert. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> um... There were some issues later on due to what is it VHS like like ro- like royalties and all that pro- all that stuff. Uh, when Schlesinger died in 1953, and his wife his wife continued developing the characters until she decided to license the rights to Walt Disney Productions in 1961. Um, and Walt himself coveted Pooh thanks to his daughters who loved Milne's stories. Great job. FYI, a thousand dollars in nineteen thirty is seventeen k. That's still not enough. <laughs> How much that story makes now? Seventeen <laughs> k, a steal, a steal. <laughs> that sounds way too cheap. It does. Remember, creatives don't ever sell yourself. Don't ever sell the yourself. The article up. said that even though that the original stories of Winnie the Pooh have only grown 
more popular. It's not like the movie has lived on and the stories have died. Like this movie, mm-hmm. like the book still makes so much money. <laughs> right. That's insanity. And only sixty six percent of broadcast royalties. What about merch? What about merch? That alone would have. Oh God, that's so much money. Okay. Um. Thank you, Marion. Let's move on to variations with Corey. Okay, my sources are Wikipedia and Variety.com. Um, there's not many variations of the Woody. There's not many variations of the Winnie the, the Pooh story that's like outside of Disney, but um, across the entire franchise, there are 19 movies, 24 books, and four TV shows, along with him being featured in multiple games, most notably Kingdom Hearts. Um, so <laughs> in January 2022, Winnie the Pooh entered into the public domain. Um, and a producer and director <laughs> oh, named Bryce Waterfield took it upon himself to write a horror film centered around the children's story that will be releasing <laughs> February of 2020. You didn't even have to finish the rest of the sentence. I went, oh, that's why the horror movie's coming out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then once again, this source is Variety.com. Um, this is basically a quote like from the director about what the movie is going to be about. So the article is called Variety, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, director teases slasher film plot, Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage. Uh, Author is K.J. Yossman, and it was published in 2022. According to Waterfield, who is the director of the movie, he, and he also wrote the entire movie as well. Of course Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey will see Pooh and Piglet as the main villains going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them. and He's not giving them food. So it's made it difficult for Pooh and Piglet to live normally. Because they have had to fend for themselves so much, they've essentially become feral. Waterfield continued, so they've gone back to their animal roots. And they're no longer tame. They're like a vicious bear and a pig who wants to go around and try and find prey. Oh, pigs. Why did that <laughs> make me sick? Why am I <laughs> There's so many caveats. First of all, this is a bad version of Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Second, <laughs> second, um, okay, a bear going feral and trying to find prey. Cool. Bears eat berries and catch fish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> will bears still fight you unannounced sure pigs unless it's a wild boar pigs are raised on farms <laughs> so i don't understand <laughs> they're also toys um and if you look at the have you see the poster for this let's 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 find that winnie the who yeah blood and honey i'll just drop the poster really quick because this when this poster came out i said oh y'all are unserious <laughs> be fucking for real i'm gonna just drop that in the group chat wait that sends uh there we go <laughs> as i said i feel sick i don't <laughs> like this <laughs> there's a trailer out for it <laughs> oh my god no bedtime story i don't wanna people just doing anything First of all, the mask is hideous. It doesn't... How are they going back to their animal roots but they're using an axe <laughs> to murder people? <laughs> I just... 
Your girl is confused. Going There's back to their roots and he's bipedal? Is that... Like, <laughs> <yeah>. Right! <laughs> Walking on two feet? I'm sorry. <laughs> Kissy, they say... Cannot, can we not? Um. Anyway, uh, I don't really have any critiques for Woody the Pooh. I think this is the perfect um example of a child a movie for children, multiple stories in one setting, so it keeps their attention going. I do really, I still really do enjoy this animation style. They do the sketchy animation style. Um, I thought it was well produced and well written. I give it a seven point five. I give it like a 6.5. I thought, I thought, yeah, like Tori said that for some reason, not Tori, Corey said the movie is enjoyable to me, I guess, maybe because my first time watching. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading the background, I finally made the connection to children's movie, children's books being written and World War One, World War Two. I was yes. like, guard the fuck out of these people. <laughs> As war does. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, what about you, Corey? Yeah, I give it like a solid seven. Like it was very entertaining, but at the same time, it was a children's movie, so it's just like okay, there's yeah. nothing happening here. Right. <laughs> but I was, I will definitely like show my kids this for fun. Mm, and yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I would give this like a six. Yeah, I'd say six because it's like above average, um, and I definitely think it was something that's easy for a kid to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, like they will probably get obsessed with all of the characters on here. Want to buy plushies? Like it's it's a very much has like perfect formula for chat for children, yeah. in a way that's not like just like bright colors and flashing lights and stuff. Like it's very much like a warm and fuzzy thing for kids. Um, yeah, I t- give it a six. Yeah, I give it a seven point five because I think this is one movie that I can turn on for my kids and we don't have to have a discussion afterwards <laughs> about what was happening in said film um our next film let's see we also completely went over ichabod and mr toad um we don't have to go back to that but i'm i just noticed that we completely skipped over that movie <laughs> i don't know what that movie is so <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, ichabod and mr. Toad. it's like from the legends of sleepy hollow Let's see. The Rescuers is next. We're getting into niche 70s and 80s films. We're getting into the struggle years. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't the Brave Little Coaster coming up or is that 80s? Early 80s. Let's see. The Rescuers, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Culture, and The Great Mouse Detective. Flop after flop. (laughs) Listen, are these good movies? Sure. But like like box office wise, we're going into the flop era. Love to see it. The Little Mermaid, and then The Rescuers, and then Brave Little Toasters. Where it? Wait, is Brave Little Toasters Disney? That's a part. That's a part of the Renaissance. Wait, wait, wait. Or was that the company? You know what? That might have been the company that did a Goofy movie. Because that's not that's Disney, but it's a subsidiary of Disney. Yeah, I feel like there's so many different lists. Where's the list that's on the Disney website? Also, to those listening, I don't hate this late 70s, early 80s movie. I'm just <laughs> making a joke that the box office, a lot of these movies were flops and people thought Disney was done. And then Little Mermaid came and then the Renaissance. So, like, I'm just making a joke. Okay. I think we're these out movies of are the good. 50s, Oof, this movie the... made the literally the amount <laughs> that it that was made for. 
It made it was made for two point three million and it made two point three million estimated. <laughs> List of Disney animated films. Let's try this one. Cinderella on oh, someone. Yes, Wait, the Brave Little Toaster was 1987, before okay, Oliver. So right before, gotcha. So what's next for us? Hold on. Uh, the Rescuers. Oh, gotcha. Yes. I feel like this movie. I think. Let me check. Oh yeah, this is a very different like vibe from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is more like modern. How do I put it? Oh, it made money. Who <laughs> lied and said this movie didn't make money? It made 169 million. Oh yeah. I think once we hit Black Cauldron is where we hit an iffy phase. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we hit Little Mermaid in like two to, well, four to five months. And then we're on a roll, baby, because this mermaid, uh, we have DuckTales, and then we have The Rescuers down under. We might not watch that. Um, but then we get Beauty and the Bleast, Aladdin, Night Before Christmas, Lion King, Jesus. Goofy Movie, Pocahontas, Toy Story, James and Jones. I didn't realize that was all in the 90s, like literally back to back to back. Yes. We were eating. You hear oh me? Eating. <laughs> Every single one of these movies are so good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, this is going to be fun. I didn't, remember, I didn't realize The Lion King 2 came out so quickly after the first one. Mm, like a couple of years after. Yeah. Oh, that 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 polka oh that Mulan to Tarzan back to back is gonna be great. Oh, then we started to get into weird movies like the dinosaur. <gasps> and then we hit Emperor's New Groove. Oh, another flop dinosaur. era. Gosh, the, the second flop era, the Meet the Robinsons and Bolton. Yeah, we're about to get into the second flop era before the then Princess and the Frog entangled and This is where they started doing a lot of the the, the seconds. Mermaid, Little Mermaid 2, Lady of Trip 2. Oh, Atlantis. Oh, oh yes. Oh. And Treasure Planet. And Treasure oh. Planet. Y'all. We, we oh, weren't. Yeah. We... Disney owns DreamWorks now. Yes. Okay. What? Yeah. Don't they? I, I, I don't know. This is news to me. I had no idea. No, no. They're they owned by Comcast. What? Yep. NBC Universal, which is Comcast. Oh, they're in a distribution agreement with Walt Disney. Really? Yeah. No okay, so DreamWorks. That's... Yeah. Oh. Are we going to be doing all those direct to VHS's like sequels? Like I don't Mulan think so. To... No, no. You don't? Okay. <laughs> if we want to talk about the sequels, we could talk about it during the original episode. Even okay. though. The OST for Lion King Two deserves its own episode. We won't I that. mean, I, can we like nominate two of them to be like? Yeah, we can. We can nominate Lion the ones two. Yes, Pocahontas Two actually was. It was prop. Listen, Pocahontas as a whole thing is problematic, but like as a movie, <laughs> Pocahontas Two is not bad. It's it's Doug, as the I said, first movie. Doug's first movie, A Bug's Doug. Life. A Bug's Life is gonna be fun. Oh yeah, and then what's that one? Monsters um, Inc. Oh yeah, all the Pixar movies. Yeah, I mean we might as well do them because I mean we enjoy them, even if they're not Disney films. We can skip some of them. Like I don't think we need to do Home on the Range or Finding Nemo unless you want to. Well, I'm fine with it. Um, if we do that, but 
can we do the fox movies like the anastasia's the what's the other one yeah i'm also i we have to do prince of egypt i'm not that's not a conversation i can have with y'all we're doing (laughs) prince of egypt (laughs) yeah so that's like the one dreamworks movie we're gonna do (laughs) we have to do prince of egypt Okay, Meet the Robinsons came out in 2007. I forgot Brother Bear 2 had a sequel. Like, the first one wasn't traumatizing enough. Like, the first one. Did Atlantis have a sequel, or did I make that up in my head? No, it had a sequel. Yes, it had a sequel. Oh, okay, okay. Mars Needs Moms? I haven't heard that title in forever. Wreck-It Ralph. Is Chicken Run Disney? I guess it's distributed by Disney now. Yeah. Chicken, oh, not Chicken Run, Chicken Little is. Chicken Run is, isn't the oh, yeah, same I as, Chicken Little was, yeah. Yeah. Isn't Chicken Run the same people who did Prince of Egypt and, like, El Dorado? No, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Chicken Run is the one that does the clay, claymation. Oh. oh, yeah, the, the, what's it called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. El Dorado. We have to find a really good list, because I feel like a lot of these lists are, all, they all say different things. Yeah. Because it's like, like it's because I think it's because like the actual animated Disney movies made by Disney itself is like a smaller yeah. list, and then they add in like Pixar. If it's on, Pixar, yeah. So do we agree? If it's on Disney Plus, we'll watch it, and then we'll do outside episodes, mm-hmm. like whatever we nominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, coolio, coolio. Y'all just got to listen in to how we plan episodes. <laughs> okay. Well, that was it. We hope you guys liked this episode. Um, let us know how you feel about Winnie the Pooh. Who was your um, character mascot when you were like in middle high school? Um, you can always talk to us, chit chat with us at Twitter at Commented or TikTok at Commented Podcasts um, or join our Discord for more uh, our schedules, more updates. Also, the Commented Podcast will be hosting Tori's little fun Worst Drama Poster Awards. So stay tuned for all that fun. So that's going to happen at the end of December. But until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Erin. I'm Nia. And I'm DeCoria. Bye-bye. Bye.